Good morning. It's Friday before Erev Pesach. And we continue Shkolim, the second chapter. Those who collected the coins would be hard to carry so many half coins. So they were allowed to exchange the half coins for a dark coin, which was like a golden coin, which was the equivalent of two shekels, like four half shekels. So it would be easier to carry. Otherwise you have to carry so much. Just like you had a shoifer. In the base of Migdash, the reason was like a shoifer. A shoifer grows the horns of the animal. So they're wide on the bottom and narrow on the top. The horns grow, they're wide on the bottom. The wide part is attached and narrow. So it's like a pushka. A pushka is narrow on the top and wide on the bottom, so you can drop in the coins. It's hard to take out, it's easy to put in. <laughs> so just like you had shafers in the big doors, you had all these shafers where people would drop in their money for different things. To collect the shkolem, so too also you had shafers. Well, throughout the whole, the whole uh, drop, uh, drop in box. Uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, drop in boxes. Mailbag. The people, the city of and they send their shekel. And then it was stolen. It was lost. So what do you do? They don't say which time. Did they, they, the, they fulfill their obligation? They send, they send it with a trusted agent. And they got lost. The agent lost it or it was stolen from him. So what did they do? There's a tax. It was never collected. So if the truma was already, already was after Rishchidosh Nissen when they already took the truma, they took from the collection. So then the, the uh, treasury, the temple treasury, the temple treasury already, already acquired it. Like they, 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 when they separated the truma, it's like it was already in their possession. So therefore, they already fulfilled their obligation. Even though it wasn't in their hands yet, but they already have in mind all the money that will be coming in. They're already including and counting all the money that will be coming in. It's represented. Yeah, yeah, it's represented. So therefore, since it was already collected, it was already represented, so it's as if already it entered into the possession of the trample treasury. So they fulfilled their obligation. The people fulfilled their obligation. Now the, the treasury demands from the, if they have any questions, and demands on the agent, what happened to the money? Give us the money. So then Nishboyim, they have to swear to the Gaboyim, to the ones in charge the, the, of the treasury, to swear that it was indeed lost or stolen. So he's not responsible. So therefore, since he's not responsible and it was lost or stolen, so it was, it's tough luck. It's on, on the treasuries. Uh, it's, it's their loss. So everyone fulfilled, the people of the country fulfilled, the people of this town fulfilled their obligation. They already gave it tax, even though they never got it. Well, it got lost in transit. It got lost stolen. But they fulfilled their obligation. And if not, if it was lost or stolen, after and before, before the truma was 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 taken. So the temple treasury was never acquired. It they never they never it was like it never entered into the possession of the temple treasury. So it was lost on their on their dime. So wait, wait. So they never gave their tax. The business, the, the temple treasury is very nice, but we never got your half a shekel. Not our problem. Something happened. Something happened, it's not our problem. So they have to give the half a shekel. They have to give another half a shekel. 
but but who do they swear? Vim lavnish boy lavneir. They they do request. They do um, they do require, require the agent to swear to them that indeed it was lost or stolen. You know that it was he acted responsibly and it was lost or stolen. It's not his fault, and therefore he doesn't have to pay. And they have to pay another tough luck. They have to pay another another half a shekel. Uh, in modern terms, it's almost like you get again. Right? Yeah, and they have to they have to give again. Yeah, okay. To replace the first half shackle they get. What happens Nimtu? If they found it after it was lost, they found it. After they separated another half a shekel, they gave another half a shekel, they found the old one. It's already consecrated. Or they got the Ganif returned it. He had the guilt pangs and he returned it. Right. So what do you do now? Answers Both of them, you gave it to the temple. You gave it to the temple. There's no refunds. No refunds. You gave it to the temple. Both half shekels. You gave it to the temple. You gave it to the temple. In Eilon Shanaboy, you can't say, "Let me give it for the next year." No, no, no. Every year doesn't roll over. Every year has to has to be separate. Okay, that's the end of the Mishnah. If you're worried about carrying, why don't you exchange all the half shekels into pearls? Pearls are tiny. That's why Jews were into the diamond business, because when they had to, they were nomads, they had to travel, they were expelled. It's easy to take with you, to hide it, to take with you. It's small, it's tiny, yeah. it's very precious, it's very valuable. It would be, make, make life a lot easier. Yeah. You might answer, Shemetazel and Margolius, because maybe it'll, it'll go down a drop in value. And say, heck, there's Mapsit. You bought the pearls at a very high price. Mm-hmm. You're going to come back to Yerushalayim, the pearls are half price, or the bezin, the, the hegdish lost out, lost out, and all that value, all mm-hmm. those half shekels. He didn't need, like we learned Tamma, we learned over there. It says, Vakulon niftin bekesef, or beshava kesef. It says, Vakulon, and all of them, right. you can, anything that you need to redeem, for example, the firstborn. I don't have to give the Koyan money, I can give him anything that's worth money. I can give him a toilet paper. Anything, anything that's worth money. The exception is shekel. A half a shekel, you have to give a coin. You can't give something the value of a coin. You have to give an actual coin, an actual coin. And the same thing is Meiser Sheni. When you redeem Meiser Sheni. So Niftim Mekadar Shaga Chutz Mishkalim. It says Be'em Poidim Bekele. Okay, so some some remove this. Why? Why not? Why can't you give a half shekel in, in the value of a half shekel? Anyway, anyway, the temple treasury takes takes it and sells it, and will you? I mean, will buy with it whatever it is. If you give a diamond, and diamonds are worth a thousand dollars, and then. Five minutes so, he later, said, so he says, because maybe, maybe the vessel, the utensil that you give will, will go value. drop in value, lose value. Like and the therefore, also too. that's the reason. The reason why you don't change it, exchange a half shekel into, into diamonds, so it'll make it easier to carry, because we're worried maybe it'll, it'll lose its value. When it says in the mission that they would put shayfres throughout the country, drop off boxes, 
it's only for the new, for the new shekel, for this year. But if you want to pay, if you have to pay for last year's shekel, you have to go to the Beis Amigdash. There was no drop boxes for, for the old shekel that, you, that was due, that you forgot to give. The Tani came, and we also learn like it says, Atikin ben Mikdash, for the old one, for the last year, the previous years, ben Mikdash, only in the base Mikdash. Huh? What's the word The shekel. She says, Then it says in the Mishnah that the, the, the agent. The agent is exempt when it was lost or stolen. He doesn't have to pay. He has to swear that he did that he, he watched it properly. But then it's not his fault. We must be talking about b'shem echinam, a person exactly. who's not getting paid. Right. He's just doing a favor. Paid. So if he's not getting paid, he's not liable for for theft or lost. Avo b'shem if he's getting paid, if he's hired, leibedah. It's not true. Because he has to pay, even if it's lost or stolen, he's responsible. Why do the people have to? You have to. You have to pay up. We paid. You, that's why we paid you. Really, I'll tell you, even it's talking about a shemesacher. Really, our mission is talking about someone a guard is getting paid, the agent is getting paid to carry and bring it to Yerushalayim. But when he says nignavu, he means it was stolen, armed robbery. It's not regular. Regular it was it was lost, it was stolen. It was armed robbery, so it's like it's not his fault. Even a person is getting paid, he doesn't have to die. Mm-hmm. Protect your money. Avdu, when he says laws, it's like lost in sea. It drowned. It sunk. The boat sunk. So it wasn't his fault. It was totally out of his hands. Even a Shem Sacha will be exempt. Okay. The Mishnah that says, the Mishnah that says that once. The Mishnah that says that once the Bezdin, if it was lost or stolen after the Bezdin already took took from the money that was collected, then the, the money was already in the possession of, 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 the, of the temple treasury. So this goes according to the opinion that holds that when, the, when the, they would separate the shekels in the Beis Hamigdash, they would already have in mind things that were already collected and those that weren't yet collected. So it was all represented. But those who say it's not true. The opinion that holds, we already learned in the first first page. Opinion that holds that opinion that holds that they only collect on what was already collected, not the was what's going to be collected. So then it's not true. It doesn't matter when it was lost or stolen. If it was lost or stolen after the Bezdin collection, it never entered. They never got it. So it's not their problem. I'm sorry, you didn't fulfill your obligation. It's not our fault. It's not, it's not your fault. It's not our fault. But you didn't fulfill your obligation. What do you want from us? Yeah. Okay. And it says, Amr Abba Rabbi Shimon, he just followed the opinion of Rabbi Shimon and says in the mission that they have to swear the, the shaman has to swear to the to the ones in charge of the temple treasury that it was uh, that he he acted responsibly and then it was lost or stolen it's not his fault or if not he has to swear to the people is the ones who send him the people who gave him the shackles so as I said this follows the opinion of Rab Shimon but the question is how do you swear you don't swear to hekdash by hekdash there's no oath. You don't swear for Hector. Hector is exempt from an oath. If there's an issue between you and the Hector, there's, there's no oath. So, so the how, why would the Gizbert have to swear? Somebody if, owes something to Hector, there's no oath, there's no oath. Exactly. 
So it must be the opinion of Rav Shimon, because Rav Shimon makes a distinction. It says, He says, he makes a distinction if it's, if it's the type of kachim that you are responsible, for example, you made a promise that I am going to give a donation. There's a difference between a donation and an oath, a promise. If it's a donation, if anything happens, it's not my responsibility. I made a donation. If something happens, it's not my problem. But if I made a commitment, I made an oath, then I'm responsible to bring a sacrifice no matter what happens to it. So if it's a type of animal that you are responsible for it, then it's yours. Then you own it. Until it gets done, you own it because you are responsible for it. So it's not considered like it belongs to the hectic. It's considered like it belongs to you. Yes, it's sacred. But it's considered like it belongs to you. In that case, there would be an oath. Our mission must follow yet. the opinion of Reb Shimon, right? You haven't given it over yet. Yeah, exactly. That he—that's—that's that's why you have to give an oath. That—that that even though it belonged already to the hectic, you, you have to give an oath. Give it over now. It's there, right? Yeah, but you have to give an oath. Oh, one second. See, that only explains that he has to swear to the people of the city that they own it. Rabbi Yechonah says, no, really, even though, even the rabbis that disagree with Rav Shimon, even the rabbis that say they're all Kachim, there's no oath involved. So why in this case is there an oath? Why is he swearing? Mm-hmm. He says, here was an enactment. The rabbis made an enactment. They don't want that he should, you know, he's carrying all this money and there's no oath involved. How do we know? Maybe he was negligent. So the rabbis made an enactment. Biblically, you're exempt from an oath. Anything involving sacred, you're exempt from an oath. But the rabbis say you should make an oath. Also, here you're not, the oath isn't really to the hectares. The oath is really to the people who you are. Well, both. It depends. depends which case. He said, if it was, if it was, if the people are exempt, they don't have to give another time because, well, because they're already because given. Then he has to swear to the gizbarin. He has to swear to them that it was lost and stolen. If it wasn't oh, already given, then he has to swear to the people. Rabbi Yechner makes more sense because Nishboy and Ligizbar makes sense. Why are you swearing to the ones in charge of, of, of the temple treasury? Then, then they have to give another another set of uh, half a shekel. Because he's saying you have to swear because it's a takonda. The rabbis made an enactment. Really, biblically, you wouldn't have to swear. But the rabbis made an enactment. But according to Rabbi Lazar, that makes sense. When you have to swear to the people who gave you the half a shekel that it was lost or stolen, it makes sense. Because since they're the owners, Rabbi Shimon holds that since they're responsible, because they have to give another shekel to replace it until it reaches the IRS, until it reaches the <laughs> temple treasury, they have to... So therefore, it makes sense. You're obligated to swear to them. That you were a shamer, that you did everything properly, like any other shamer. You pr- you watched it properly. You weren't negligent. It was lost or stolen. It's not your fault, etc. But in the but how do you explain how do you explain nishboyin legizbarin nishboyin legizbarin gizbarin mavidatayu? Why am I swearing to the to the to the people in charge of the temple treasury? They don't own it. Why am I swearing? What oath? There's no oath that's obligated. Not 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 according to anyone. If you're saying there's no oath, biblically there's no oath associated with anything that belongs to the temple, why are you swearing to the Gizbarin? My Vidatayu. So Gimara answers, Abulazar will tell you, my Really, you have to swear to the people. 
You have to swear to the people who sent you, because they're responsible. Even though they don't have to pay, because it was already considered as if it was if it already arrived to the Hegdish. But nevertheless, we make you swear for the people, and in the in the presence of in the presence of the ones in charge of the temple treasury. Why? That they, they shouldn't suspect them. They shouldn't, they shouldn't suspect them that, that, the, that they took it for themselves. Maybe they pocketed the money. They said it was lost or stolen. There's no oath involved. A pleasure. It's very easy to get away with it. There's no, there's no cost. Mm-hmm. I don't have to swear falsely. I don't have to, I'll just take the money. No one will have to pay. Shalom Yisrael. The people don't have to pay. The bezin, the hegdash doesn't get a penny, and I'll be able to retire. <laughs> so that or 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 maybe they shouldn't decide. In your heart, you'll say, you know what, you were negligent. So since the the hegdash is losing out, and you want everyone to be up and up, you want everyone to, to, to feel good about each other, no one should, should suspect, like here there was an election and everyone was saying, what's going on? 80 million people want to know what happened, and they don't believe the results here, you don't want anyone to suspect, hanky-panky, what happened here? we send you a whole bunch of money, it never got there, you're telling me a story, a nice story, it was lost or stolen uh, you know, uh, you want to make sure so therefore we make them swear Mm-hmm. And you make them swear in the presence, yeah, in the presence of the Gizbar. Now the Gemara goes back to Rabbi Yechon's explanation. Even, even if the people in the city said, we're going to pay. We're going to pay. We believe you. We don't require you to swear. Nevertheless, in that case, according to Rabbi Yechonon, you would have to swear. In Hekdash, the rabbis made an enactment. Anything to do with Hekdash, we don't, it has to be an oath. You can't just, we don't believe anyone. It comes to Hekdash, you have to swear, you have to know that, it, you have to verify that it was really what happened. What you said happened actually, actually happened. So in all cases, you would have to swear. Okay, then he says, what happens in the case where Hifra Shikli, here we're talking about a whole city, the mission's talking about a whole city, what if a person, an individual, set aside a shekel, well, then it got lost. What do you do? You're responsible. Until it reaches the Hegdesh, until they get the money, it's your, your responsibility. Until you give it over to the representative of, of, of the temple treasury. You give it to him, and then, then you've done the mitzvah, and it's no longer yours, and they've received it, and whatever happens next, it's not, not your problem. argues, No, wherever it is, it already belongs to Hegdash. The moment you designate it, the moment you set it aside, it already belongs to Hegdash. Like the Gemara, Our Mishnah argues on Ishlakish. Because it says, here in the Mishnah it says that the, the, the messenger who lost, who was stolen, who was lost, 
you have to swear to the people that he wasn't negligent, it was actually lost or stolen, and then they have to they have to give another shekel to replace it. Why? According to the Shlakish, you said that the moment you separated it, it already belonged, it already entered into the into the temple treasury. So it's their problem. Anything happens to it, it's their problem. So why why does the mission say you have to pay? But the answer is really, but according to the din, Yitaka wouldn't have to pay. Because Reh Shlakish holds that the moment you separate it, it already belongs to the temple treasury. But this is also part of an enactment. The rabbis made an enactment that if you send with a messenger and it was lost or stolen, that you have to give another shekel instead. So people shouldn't be lightly and be careless and send money the shliach. They wanted people to give themselves. Go to your shalayim and give it yourself. Give it yourself. Anyway, you have to come to your shalayim for the carbon pesach. You're coming anyway. Give it yourself. Why are you, why are you just sending it with a messenger? You're, mm-hmm. you're treating it lightly. So it was a penalty. The rabbi says a penalty. The rabbi said, yeah. Next mish. Oh, one second. Um, Tony, we learned that oh, what do you do? We said, what if the, after you gave another half a shekel to replace the ones that were lost or stolen and then it was found mm-hmm. or the Ganif returned it so what do you do so both of them are for shekel so he says we learn how him the first ones the first ones I used for this year they they joined the shkalim that were collected for this year and everything is going to be for this year and the second ones they use for the old the old coins, those who were making up for the last year, didn't pay for last year, so you join that. And that wasn't used for the sacrifices for this year, it was used for other things they needed in the temple. Question is, which are which do we call the first and which do we call the second? So we have an argument. The Pinchas, Yeah. I mean, you know, the, no, the first ones that you separated, or the, the ones second ones you separated, the ones or the first lost. ones you gave you right. gave to the temple treasury that got to the temple treasury, or the ones that was found and didn't end up in the temple treasury. Which is the first? Which is the second? So Chadam, one of these say the ones they sent first. That's the first. Mm-hmm. So the first that was found, that's the one that you, that's used for this year. Chadam, mm-hmm. the other one says no. Whichever reaches. The Gabai first, whoever reach, reaches the temple treasury's officers first, that's the first, and the ones that reach second, that's used for the old year. Right. You give a shekel. Here's a bandit. You want to know what a bandit is? You give a half a shekel to your friends. Says, Do me a favor, give it for me. Instead, he gives it for himself. <laughs> he goes to the temple treasury, this is my half a shekel. He says, if they read, if they separated the truma, then mal. The moment they separate, they take from the coins and they separate it and they start using it. So mal, he's he's he went against the hegdish. He's it's like a treachery. You're using temple money for yourself. He's using money that belongs. He be- before he gave it, they returned the truma. Before, the before he gave it to the as on his own. His before own. he gave it on behalf of himself, they already no, took no, the truma. Like- they already took the truma, which already included, like we already learned, already included everything that will be collected. 
that was already set aside. So this was already became in the possession of the Hector. So it's holy, it's sacred. Mm-hmm. Now you're using it for yourself to exempt yourself of a half a shekel. It's moil. You're using temple treasury, temple money for your own personal use. That's me'ilah. Well, the collector is a kohen. Maybe he's got a right to use it. <laughs> right? Even a coin would have a right to use it. But so, if But if so, he had. But what if someone had money of hagdish, money that was set aside, designated, de- dedicated, donated to the temple treasury? It was already consecrated, yeah. and then he takes this money and used it to pay his tax. Alright, <laughs> not gonna work either. The the so where do we go to, to learn Me'ila? I mean, there's a whole tractate uh, of, of Me'ila. There's a whole yeah. tractate of Me'ila. Yeah, yeah. You use of course you have to see what the punishment yeah. is. Yeah, you, you have to bring a sacrifice, you have to pay back, you have to add a fifth, you have to pay a sacrifice. I mean, the whole you thing. go to jail. No, no, you're no jail. But, but, it, but here he did it intentionally. Here it's a, but, he, but nevertheless, it's Me'ila. He did it intentionally. He says, so the Korvah and then they already brought a sacrifice. They brought with this shkolim. They brought an animal and they offered as a sacrifice. Moal. But before that, there's no mi'ilah. Why? Because mi'ilah is only if you take something sacred and use it for non-sacred purposes. Not if you take something sacred and use it for sacred purposes. So you took the shekel of hegdish, money that was designated for hegdish, and you used it for a shekel, which is also hegdish. But after the animal was already offered as a sacrifice, the animal was bought with this money and offered as a sacrifice, then we consider it as if you took this money, this hegdish money, and you used it to buy a, to buy a secular animal, a non-sacred animal, and turn it into a sacred animal. So you used it for 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 chulin, and therefore ma. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to be meila, you have to have enjoy. You have to enjoy. You have to have a pleasure from it. You got some derived some benefit from it. The question is, what benefit did he get by giving the half a shekel? He just gave the half a shekel to the treasury. So, it, yeah, it was not kosher, it was not allowed, he's a bandit, he's, it's a ganev. But, what, but what, why mi'ila? Mi'ila means you have to benefit. How did he benefit it? Hmm. Okay, that's the Mishnah. We learn in Korva Beheimah. We learn in Nitmrat Rumah In other words, it's, it's strange. In the second part of the Mishnah, he spells out that only if, if the truma was already taken and the animal was already offered. In the first part of the Mishnah, when he takes the half a shekel that his friend gave him to deliver for him, he just asks him, please uh, trans- transfer it over, get, uh, deliver it to the temple treasury, and instead he used it to pay his own tax. He just says, if they already separated uh, the, uh, the truma. It doesn't mention, and they offered the sacrifice. 
So Rebbe said, so we learned, so Rebbe said also both things. Im korvana beheimo, im nitrmatruma moal. It also belongs to the first part of the Mishnah also. He relied on what he said he was going to say a line further, the next line. With Tana, the base of Rebbe, that's what we learned, the house of Rebbe, im korva beheimo. He said it clearly, that even in the first case, when is Maal only, because you have the same problem. His friend designated a half a shekel, so it's sacred money now. So what kind of Mila? Mila is only if you use Hegdish for Chulin, for non-sacred. Here he's using Hegdish to give his half coin, which is also sacred. So how could it be Mila? So it's only if they separated the Shkolem, and then they used the money, they used the Shkolem and offered a sacrifice. If they used the money and offered a sacrifice with it, so they bought an animal with it, then it's moal. One second, one second. Who is the Tana that holds? That if they offered the sacrifice, then moal, but not previously, not earlier, Rabbi Shimon. I mean, like Rabbi Shimon, it's not like Rabbi Shimon. Because Rabbi Shimon says that the moment What's it talking about over here? The, the the ones in charge of the temple treasury, the officers of the temple treasury, would make up with those who were selling the wine and the oil and the flour that they needed, everything they needed for the sacrifice, for the wholesale, for the for the providers. So as soon as they made up, they would get their money. They would pay immediately. Usually you don't pay until you deliver. Maybe something will happen. Maybe the wine will spoil. Maybe it will spill. Maybe I'll never get it. But here they would give them immediately. We weren't worried. We weren't afraid that anything would happen. Because the Kainim are very quick. <laughs> and uh, we rely that, that nothing will happen. So according to Rabbi Shimon, the moment you purchase the animal, the moment you purchase the animal, they would use the, the money for non-sacred items. Hmm. Because they already used the money for non-sacred items. It's not the purchasing of the animal itself. Purchasing of the animal... I bought an animal. So I'm, I bought it for sacred. I bought the animal for a carbon. So again, I'm using holy for holy. I changed holy for holy. So what, what, what's the problem? The problem is the money that you gave to the seller, he's immediately going to use it to, uh, for, for, for non-sacred purposes. So you're, you're using your half shekel is now being used for non-sacred, you're causing your half shekel to be used for non for non-sacred purposes. So that's why it's meal. So that's what he says. It follows the opinion of Rab Shimon that right away, they would get the money immediately, not wait till after everything was done, after the job was done, and then get their money. Akainim's reasoning. 
One second. Uh, and if, if they would get paid afterwards. Sorry, it's not like Rav Shimon. According to the Mishnah, it says you have to wait till the animal was sacrificed already. Because only then they got paid. And only then did they use the money for pulling. But according to Rav Shimon, we weren't worried. And they were, they were paid up front. Before anything was done, they already got their money. And they immediately went ahead and spent it. So therefore, even before, according to Rav Shimon, even before, before the animal was sacrificed, you would already be mail. So our mission does not follow Rav Shimon. Okay. Not Rav Shimon. Okay. So mother says... It says in the Mishnah that if someone took a shekel from his friend to do him a favor, to deliver it for him, and instead used that shekel to pay his own, his own half a shekel. So the mother says, Vakash, I'll ask you a question on this halacha. If someone stole um, a burnt offering that was designated by another Jew and he stole it and he offered it in the temple. Surely, who, who gets the atonement? Not the Ganev, the owner. What did happen? He stole an animal that was designated to the temple as a burnt offering and he, bring, he offers it in the temple. So who, who gets the atonement? The original owner. Yeah. All he did was he brought it to the temple and, and he offered someone else's sacrifice. So over here too, the same question. He took a shekel that was already designated, his friend designated it, it has his friend's name written all over it, and he brings it to the temple mount. So he can think whatever, he can say whatever he wants, he can say whatever he wants. As far as Hashem knows, as far as the temple goes, who gets the atonement? The shekel belongs to the owner. Why is it any different? Well, this is stomach. What if it wasn't stomach? What if he said, this is for me? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Over there also, he's, he comes to the coin, I'm bringing my oil. It doesn't matter what he says. says. Oh, yeah. So it's not yeah. Time. Okay. Our mission is talking about when, when it's identifiable. It's clear that it was for himself. It's identifiable. If it's clearly identifiable for himself and not for the original owner, then the original owner does not fulfill his obligation. For example, Michel Beis Rabban Gamliel. Like we learned that in the house of Rabban Gamliel, the family of Rabban Gamliel would stand there when the Koyan would take from the Shkolim and he would make sure that his shekel should be on top. Mm-hmm. That to make sure that from their shkalim they bought the public sacrifices. Now the Gemara asks, Why aren't we worried that maybe the shekel that the messenger gave for himself, or he took from Hekdish and gave it, maybe it fell to Shirayim? So there's no meila. This is only only the mayor holds that there's meila in the shirayim in the leftovers. But all the other atanayim argue. So we're going to say our mission of follows Rameir. How do we know that this money was actually used for sacrifice? That was that this was actually collected. It was taken from all the money that was there. They took a certain amount, and that money was used for the sacrifices, and the rest were the leftovers. 
What is the lishka? The, the chamber, the office, the room. Oh, room. So he says, I think what answer is, the same answer. Just like Rabbi Gamliel. Anyway, we had to say, we're talking about that it was identifiable. It was clear, like Rabbi Gamliel would stand there and make sure to push his half coin should be on top of the pile that was on top. And so that was the one the part that was collected and that was the part that we used for sacrifices. Okay, the last piece. Till, till the next Mishnah. We learned now Mishnah that so on... Uh, Oh, the Gemara asks, "Man nene, she miskavim Man nene, what benefit did he have? He gave a half a shekel. He used the other his friend's half a shekel to 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 pay his own half shekel. What benefit did he have? He didn't have benefit. He gave it away. He gave it to the temple treasury. So how could he violate Mila? From there, from Babylonia, he answered, Since the Bezden forces you to give a half a shekel. So by you giving this half a shekel, you exempt yourself. You saved yourself a half a shekel. Otherwise, they, they would come by force. You don't want to give your cheapskate. They would come and take it from you by force. You saved yourself a half a shekel. So that's why it's Meila. You benefited from it. It says in the Mishnah that someone that gives a shekel from Maishasheni with Meishviyas. Maishasheni with Meishviyas, Yechel Kenegdon. The end of the Mishnah was that if someone gave his half a shekel from money, that was Maishasheni, they had to eat in Yerushalayim or from the money of Shviyas. So Yechel Kenegdon, it's non sacred, you could give it away to half a shekel, there's no meal involved. But it doesn't belong to you. You have to eat in Yerushalayim. It belongs to the poor people. So you can connect them. Take other, other amount of, of food, the same value, and make that, make that into shviyas. You have to eat that with the sanctity of the this, of this sabbatical year and the sanctity of this Maizah Shein. You have to eat in Yerushalayim. That's what the Mishnah says. The mother says, the Chzibet says, the bechur, the firstborn animal, which is holy, you have to give to the koyin, and it's holy, and it has to be offered as a sacrifice. So you're not allowed to dedicate it to another sacrifice, for another sacrifice, for another carbon. Because it's already holy, so you can't have another holiness um, on top of that. Yeah. From here we learn, anything that's holy, you can't have another holiness on top of it. So the question is, if someone gives a half a shekel from the money of Maizah Sheni, tithing money, second tithing, and from this from Shaviyas, which are holy, so so how could holiness, how could this half shekel now become sacred? It's already holy. Hmm. So the case of the way, so, so what do you do? So what you do is, maybe sell a shechulin, you bring money of chulin, non-sacred money. And he says, Wherever my money is, that was Maizah Sheni, which now already is in the temple treasury somewhere in that room there. I have no idea which one it is. I'm exchanging it for this money. That that money should become non-sacred and this one becomes sacred. Now that I I change, exchange the holiness from that money, the original Maizah Sheni money, and I exchange it to this money that's in front of me. Now that turns into non-sacred. 
Now that can become the half a shekel. Uh, we conclude here. Everyone have a wonderful day.